0: My guest on today's episode is William Mann. He was adopted from the foster care system here in the state of Hawaii back in the 80s, I believe. Um, He was adopted by a military family who was stationed here in Hawaii and then relocated to the mainland after he was adopted. He himself um, enlisted in the military, is currently stationed here, and reached out to our agency to help uh, with his search and reunion process, which um, search and reunion is when people who were adopted or birth family look for either their if they're an adoptee, um, they look for their birth family or if they're the birth family they look for the child that was placed for adoption. Um, so our agency does provide search and reunion services to the extent that we can. We provide those services to help to help adopt Find their birth families um, as long as within our capacity. So, um, William reached out to our agency. Unfortunately, we weren't able to locate his birth family for him, but we helped him process the paperwork and submit it to the State of Hawaii Adoption Records Office. Um, we didn't have the information on file because we didn't place him um, as a child with his adoptive family, but um, we can help. Adoptees, you know, navigate the paperwork, which is sometimes confusing, um, and get it submitted to the right agency or department. Um, so that's what we did. We helped him submit it, um, and then uh, I hadn't heard from him in a while, and I know that if you know whether or not he was successful, there's unique challenges to both. Um, kind of like the grief or disappointment if you don't find your birth family and the overwhelming emotions that come with reuniting with your birth family. So um, I reached out to him to see, to find out kind of, you know, what happened if he needed support. And he let me know that he was able to reunify with his birth family. So uh, he'll tell you more about what that experience was like. Um, I was really happy to hear that he was able to get in contact with them and, you know, finally meet up with them. I'll let him talk about his story, but um, I did want to give a little bit of context about Search and Reunion before we dive into the episode. So most of the people that contact an agency, not just ours, but any agency, um, you know, government, state department, or private investigator sometimes, um, in order to search for their birth family is typically, uh, was typically placed in a closed adoption, um, which means that they don't have a relationship or contact or connection to their birth family um and they generally have very little information about the birth family um usually the adoptive parents themselves also have very little to no information about the birth family um so uh most of the people who do decide to look for and reunite with their birth families are doing it as adults. So, you know, they grew up as an adoptee, um, and then as an adult have decided to, um, take the step towards looking for their, searching for their birth family. Um, it can be challenging for a number of reasons, um, Usually the primary one the primary challenge is you know just a lot of dead ends um i think most adoptees who start searching union know that there is the possibility that they will never find anything um or that their birth parents have passed um a lot of adoptees also experience um Kind of like shame or guilt, either directly from their adoptive parents for looking for their birth family, you know, maybe their adoptive parents feel like they um you know they they gave them everything their kid needed, like what more could they possibly need, Maybe the adoptive parents feel insecure or threatened by the birth parents, the birth family, and the child's desire to look for them or feel like they're going to lose their child to the birth family if they do reunify with them. And then there's also internalized guilt and shame. Um, You know, as we'll talk about in later episodes, a lot of adoptees suffer from internalized guilt and shame. It's one of the seven core issues in adoption. Um, So even if their adoptive parents never explicitly said those things or projected those ideas onto the adoptee um, they might still feel that way or feel afraid that if they decide to pursue search and reunion that it would hurt their adoptive parents and um, also that kind of fear of abandonment they might feel like their adoptive parents they might have a fear that their adoptive parents will abandon them or reject them um, if they do decide to look for their birth families. So um, it's not uncommon. I've heard of a lot of adoptees who actually waited until their adoptive parents passed um, before they decided to search for their birth family, which um, unfortunately, depending on the age of your birth parents when you were born and the age of your adoptive parents, you know, when they passed, you run the risk of um, your birth parents having passed. By then, as well. So, those are a couple of the challenges. Um, another challenge is the disappointment that adopt the adoptees experience when they are able to reunify with their birth family. So, um, you know, they probably have this idea, whether it's romanticized or not, of what their reunion is going to look like, and if it doesn't meet those expectations, that can be disappointing or even you know, heartbreaking depending on this, the situation. I know that in Steve George's episode, he mentioned, um, a documentary about a girl, a Vietnamese woman who was adopted, who reunified with her birth family and felt exploited by the birth family for, um, you know, like financial compensation, which, you know, there's different sides to every story, but, um, if you have an expectation that you're going to be, you know, received with open arms and everything is going to go the way that you're expecting it to go or the way you want it to then that can that can be challenging there's also just i mean the handling the all the emotions um there's so so many so many feelings i can imagine that are, you know, multi-layered and complex and so processing all of that and being able to hold space for your grief and your happiness and your joy or whatever you're feeling um is a lot and so i there was this one movie that i just watched recently it was an independent film um about a korean woman who was adopted by um a family in france and she i can't remember how she oh she went to korea and it's it's I mean, it's fictitious, but I'm sure it's based on true stories. Um, she goes to her adoption agency when she travels to Korea and locates her birth family, and her her experience is just it's very difficult to watch. She kind of um retreats inward and her birth father um really wants a relationship and has a lot of like guilt um, associated with placing her for adoption and, you know, he's trying to make up for it and she's not receptive of it. And I, I was sitting next to this, um, couple in the movie theater who kept like, uh, they couldn't believe the way that the Korean adoptee was reacting to like the father's attempt at having a connection. And I was pretty annoyed. I was, I mean, they obviously weren't, able to understand where she was coming from and how difficult and painful that must have been for her. Um, whatever feeling she was having towards her father, and all they could see was, you know, his attempts at um reconciling the relationship, but you know, they weren't empathetic towards her. So the movie was called Return to Soul. Yeah, so Surgeon Reunion, I think a lot of people have seen videos on the internet or on TV of families reunifying, and it is, um, it can be, you know, beautiful and wonderful. And um, even if it is difficult, there are parts of it that are beautiful. Um, but I think it's important to recognize and hold space for the less beautiful feelings and moments and experiences. So that's why I wanted to check on William uh, when I hadn't heard from him in a while, just to make sure he was doing okay. Um, I think that's also, so this, I mean, most adoptions um, prior to, I mean, I would, I would say even prior to, definitely prior to the 2000s, but maybe even up to like 2010 were closed, especially if they were, if the children were being adopted internationally, um, because, you know, the story that a lot of the children that were adopted internationally were told was that their birth parents abandoned them on the street or at a police station or you know on the on, at the orphanage steps whether or not those stories are true um we'll probably unfortunately never know no one had access to the birth parents information so there's a lot of resources for korean adoptees in particular um i know that people who are adopted from korea who live in the us at least i don't know about other countries can submit their dna in what form i don't know um to uh like their nearest korean embassy or consulate which will be submitted to the korean government and then um if the birth family also submits their dna and there's a match the government will help you um reunify with your birth family there's also I mean, there's like you know, 23andMe and Ancestry and whatnot. Um, there's also, uh, I mean, it's really sad. I, um, I at one point I was attempting to um, find out more information about my dad's um, adoption history. If that culminated in finding out information about his birth mom, um, you know, I would have been ecstatic. But also, uh, I was really realistic about the fact that um, that likely wasn't going to be possible. But during that process, I stumbled upon um, this website. It's uh, Korea Adoption Services. It's their website. And they have on there a family search bulletin board where uh, birth family and adoptees can post information about you know the people or the person that they're looking for, and you know if you see something on there that matches your description or your your situation, then um, I guess you can contact them and find out more. I don't I don't really know exactly how it works. I don't know if there's like a software that matches certain similar keywords, or if you just have to. I mean, there's so many entries. Um, if you have to just like peruse through them all and. Look for something that that sounds like you. Then I mean, you could spend months doing that. But it's it's really sad. Actually, there's a lot of you know adopt birth moms on there who are like you know I placed my kid for adoption, please help. I'm trying to look for them or um, siblings, birth siblings. You know, like my mom placed a baby for adoption before I was born. I'm looking for my sibling. Can someone help? So um, it's it's pretty sad. Um, I don't know what the success rates are, but it is interesting to look at. There's also, I know that a lot of um, Russian adoptees are able to find birth family on, it's like the equivalent of Facebook in Russia. So a lot of, actually a lot of um, kids who are now adults that were adopted from the former Soviet Union uh, that I know of have reunified with birth family in that way. Sometimes accompanied by unique, difficult um, experiences, especially around like language. If you're someone who's trying to learn Russian, uh, Godspeed! It's a very difficult language to learn. But you know, things like that, language barriers. And I know that if a lot for some Russian adopt. I mean, obviously, like travel to Russia is difficult, if not impossible, right now? Question mark. Um, and so, if they're, tr- if you know, an adoptee finds their birth family and their dream is to meet them someday um, they are met by you know logistical challenges. So at this point, we encourage most if not all of the adoptive parents that I work with um, to have an a, an open adoption in some capacity to avoid the pain and suffering that an adoptee has experienced growing up not knowing. Who they are, where they came from. Some some there's a, there's a lot of adoptees out there who don't want to meet their birth family and don't have any interest in reunifying, and that's okay. That's totally valid. Um, but they at least I think I could you know correct me if I'm wrong, but at least I think they at least deserve to know, you know who their birth parents are and. Have the option to have a relationship or a connection with them if they so choose. Um, there are always, of course, exceptions uh, if it's not a safe situation. But you know, it's you can still introduce the child to the birth family, and there's you know, so many ways that adoptive parents can be creative, um, even if it's not like an actual relationship with the birth family. They can still you know, like honor the birth family, you know, celebrate the mom on Mother's Day. You know, if they have photographs of her, they can keep her, keep the photographs around or of siblings. And there will always be instances when having a relationship is not possible, either because the birth family is not known or if the birth parents have unfortunately passed away. Um, but it, there's a lot of different ways to keep to keep the birth family alive in the child's life. Um, and I think that's the responsibility of the adoptive parents so that when the child's 30, they don't have to go on a wild goose chase looking for the birth family. So again, I I, I, I strongly believe that it's the responsibility of the adoptive parents. If the adoptive parents have some sort of feelings about that, then that's something that they should process before they embark on the adoption journey not after they've taken a placement because that's not fair to the child or if your child is now an adult and they are interested in that like i encourage adoptive parents to be um as supportive as possible and that if you do have your own feelings that you try to figure those out without projecting anything onto your child and as an adoptive parent you just never want to be the barrier between your child knowing about their birth family. Um, So there might be other barriers like time and space and just general lack of information. Um, But I think that if your child grows up and they have a desire to have a relationship with their birth parent and they find out that you were the one that was prohibiting that, um, I think that that can create a lot of space and opportunity for resentment towards the adoptive parent. It's what's best for the child. So I'm going to transition to um, my interview with Will. Um, his story is really cool. And uh, if you are an adoptee that is in the middle or beginning or of the search and reunion process, or you have reunified with your birth. Family, I just want to give you like a big virtual hug and let you know that whatever you're feeling is valid um, the good, the bad, the ugly and know that you're certainly not alone. But, um, you know, I know that it's a lonely path to walk, and that, you know, I, we, our agency, and the adoption community at large is here to support you. So. <laughs> Okay, so um, thank you for joining our podcast today. Um, today I have a very special guest with us. Um, do you want to introduce yourself?
1: Uh, my name is William Mann. World uh, name, oh, biological name is Dustin Pangumpel.
0: Oh wow. Okay. So um, you first initially contacted our agency because you were trying to locate your birth family, right? And mm-hmm. I don't. We didn't talk a lot while you were um like while we were helping you out but um so I don't know much of the background of like where you were born and when Mm -hmm. you were placed um and then later I reached out just to make sure that you had heard from someone at the adoption records office I wanted to make sure that you weren't being like kept in the dark and you told me that you actually were able to be reunited with your birth family right Mm -hmm. um so you want to give like background of like when you were born um you know who adopted you
1: mm-hmm. oh yeah so um i was born in pearl city right down the street um and then uh, i was in the foster care system till i was five okay and then i got adopted i forgot what year but um what's it called There, my adopted parents were gloria and anthony mann and uh my dad was in the military during that time mm. And then uh, I left when I was, I think, at six or something like that. And then we moved to Tennessee and then bounced around and then um, joined the military. And then um, I had a few opportunities while I was here in Hawaii like seven years ago. Mm. And then, to be honest, I had cold feet a little bit and I was going through a lot. And then God opened up the opportunity for me to come back here. So I took full advantage of it. And then I filled out the paperwork and everything. And then, um, yeah, like, after I felt the paperwork, it took, like, two or three weeks, and I checked the mail, and it said court documents, and I thought I was going to jail, but <laughs> it said uh, adoption uh, agency um, records open, and uh, I opened it up. and oh, I they just and mailed them it. to you? Hmm?
0: They just mailed them to you? Yeah. Oh, wow. Well, no.
1: They mailed me a uh, notice, like, oh. hey, you got to pay some some fee to open it up, so... The next day I went over to the courthouse and I got the paperwork and I like drove around for like an hour. I was like excited, I didn't know how to react. And mm. then I opened it up. Then I immediately like went on Facebook and I was like, all right, gotta find my family. Mm-hmm. So make a long story short, I drove around to a couple of addresses and then didn't meet anybody and then one of the neighbors was like, Hey, try Instagram. I was like, I don't even have an Instagram. Mm. So I made one and then uh my cousin Uh, lovely she uh got me in contact with my mom oh wow and i saw her what three days after i made contact with uh, my cousin wow and uh then i found my brothers they're here they're um in pearl city also
0: okay wow so you i mean you have a obviously like a southern accent mm -hmm. so you grew up mainly in the south i assume yeah okay and are you close with your adopted?
1: Oh yeah, parents? yeah, mm-hmm. nice. I put them through a lot, but you know, <laughs> hey, I, am, yeah. I am now, so I'm grateful for it.
0: Nice, and you, you're so close with them. Mm-hmm. Um, did do you remember anything from prior to when you were adopted? I mean, you were five, so that's pretty old.
1: Um, I was a little tyrant. Oh my god, I almost got kicked out of preschool and kindergarten. Wow. Um, but uh. I remember going to the zoo and working with my caseworker, and mm. uh, at that time, I was, like I said, being bad, so I remember her yelling at me a little bit, but uh, past that, you know, I really don't remember too much. Okay. I was just, like, the biggest thing was me getting adopted, and, you know, my mom and dad, they took him into their home and treated me like their own kid, mm-hmm. and they've been doing it ever since.
0: And you, you, you don't remember, like, your brothers or anything? No, I never...
1: Yeah. No, according to paperwork, I was around for a little bit, and then um, uh, my parents decided to put me up for adoption because it was just too much. Because my sister, she was going through a lot of health issues, and I was too. So, you know, they kind of had to balance it. Okay. So, you no, know, even to this day, you know, I believe they made the right decision, and you know, I'm just glad that I can be my parents.
0: Yeah, um, I mean. It's so it's so fresh. When did you when did you what date did you um, first make contact with your birth mom?
1: Um, it was like November. It was like right before Christmas. Okay,
0: and it's May now, so it's mm-hmm. been six months. Do you see her often?
1: Yeah, I've seen her um, I think about five or six times. She's uh she stays in Washington uh, with some of my uh, aunts and stuff, but uh she graciously came up here to handle some family issues, and we kind of hung around a little bit.
0: Okay, so she was on island when mm-hmm. you were looking. For... No, she
1: was in Washington oh. when I was looking.
0: Did you go to Washington or she came here?
1: So crazy story was I was going to go see a friend, and uh, it so happened that uh, something said call and changed my flight. And uh, it said mm. that we're going to make a stop in Seattle, Washington, where my mom is at. So immediately a call that happened, and then I met up with her and I hugged her and everything. And we sat there and talked for about two hours,
0: Wow, was and, it uh, emotional? emotional, yeah,
1: I didn't cry, she did, <laughs> yeah, um, but you know, I was this, you know this whole time, everyone asked me if I cry or anything like that, and I mean, to be honest, no, I'm just like super excited, yeah, uh just to meet I meet family all the time, and mm-hmm. our family's humongous,
0: yeah, so <laughs> your birth family mm-hmm. yeah, okay, um, did you have like a lot of questions for her or you guys just? like talk stories. no
1: we just you know talk stories. she asked me you know what I'm doing what's my job and you know she was just super excited she hugged me and couldn't let me go Mm -hmm. so but it was good and I mean you know I met my dad right before I went to the Philippines so about two months ago uh, we were at a party and my brother was like hey your dad is here I was like where oh wow and um, he was sitting outside and um, we met up like about an hour later, you know, I was kind of like, didn't know what to say, but we just intersected and he was like, hey, are you Dustin? I'm like, yeah. He's like, well, I'm your dad. I'm like, oh, that's cool. We'll talk. Wow. Yeah.
0: Have you been able to, um, have you seen your dad at all since then?
1: Yeah. Um, actually, he was like super excited to see his grandkids um, oh, when they cool. came up here. So we spent like what, two days worth of uh, seeing each other.
0: Wow. So your kids came and then they met your biological dad. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's so cool.
1: And my mom and everybody else in the family.
0: Nice. Um, so you so it's been it sounds like it's been pretty seamless or easy for you to integrate into each other's lives.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, I haven't made it too, you know, I guess complicated or anything. Mm-hmm. Like um, a lot of people are like, you know, how do you feel? Uh, Do you hate them or anything like that? And again, you know, years and years ago, uh, I had the thought in my head that my family did the right thing. And um, I mean, I guess the only bad thing I said to my mom was, well, to be honest, I was expecting to either see you and then, uh walk to your tombstone or see you alive. And I'm, mm. you know, blessed to see you alive and well, um, despite the history and everything that had happened in mm-hmm. the past. And um, one of the things my sister, me talk about is you know looking at the now that's what's most important
0: yeah have you uh how many brothers do you have biological brothers
1: oh my goodness so <laughs> i just found out on my dad's side that i have more brothers and sisters but um my mom's side i have three brothers younger brothers mm-hmm. um and then my sister I actually got to see her on christmas me and my boys took a um road trip and i uh, got to go see her in daytona florida which oh, is nice. awesome and then on my dad's side, I think I have, with my sister, two sisters and three other brothers. Cool.
0: And are a lot of them here?
1: Oh, we're just spread all over the place right Okay, now, so
0: It must be so nice to be here for work and have family mm-hmm. here that you can see. Um, that's so cool. I remember I asked you when you first um like when you came to do your paperwork if you knew what your ethnicity was and you said you didn't so now do you know
1: so uh filipino and then uh that's really
0: it okay Um, (laughs) what um if you don't mind me asking what race are your adopted parents
1: oh black okay African American so you
0: knew that I mean it was like people knew that you were adopted Mm -hmm. yeah okay what was it like Growing up as an adopted person, did you feel like did you ever feel like you had any questions that you didn't have answers to?
1: No. Um I always felt, you know, they really took me in and raised me into, you know, who I am now. And even though, like I said earlier, I was a little tyrant, they they really just treated me like, you know, I was their biological son
0: mm.
1: every single day. And um it was, they were just such a blessing. They're still a blessing now. And they're very supportive. As soon as I found my family, my biological family, like my dad went crazy. My mom went crazy. Like they're just super excited and supportive oh. of me.
0: And they didn't know who mm-hmm. your legit. That's crazy that even your adopted parents didn't have access to that.
1: I, I think mm-hmm. they knew a little bit. Uh, I'm not 100% sure if they ever met them or anything like that. But, mm-hmm. you know, from the paperwork, you know, um, my mom and dad, they just adopted me and just Again, this took me in and I remember them telling me a little bit over the years um, about what happened and stuff like that. But, you know, didn't have the full details Mm -hmm. of everything, I don't believe. But, um, you know, just reading the court documents and everything, you know, it was an eye opener. It was a lot going on. But, you know, again, we're here now and I'm super excited. Mm
0: -hmm. Was it hard for you to read the documents?
1: Um, A little bit. I had to read. Couple pages over and over again just to understand the graphs, mm. but you know it was it was an eye opener and you know a lot of that stuff that I've read, you know is just things that happen in life. But again, you know I see him alive now, so you know that's mm. what matters yeah. the most to me. And my brothers and sisters are doing good, and I still got more a lot of more family to meet.
0: Yeah, <laughs> it's like a project almost. Yeah. <laughs> um. Do your where do your adopted parents live?
1: Um, adopted, um my mom she lives in um Florida, and then my dad lives in uh, Memphis, Tennessee. Okay, gotcha.
0: Uh, what was gonna? Oh, you mentioned that your dad was in the military. Is mm-hmm. that what inspired you to join the military? Also,
1: Um uh, during that time in my life, I really didn't want to join the military. But it was really no choice but to. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, after my first two years, I was just all right. I can do it so are you I've gonna been do the full 20 uh yeah so i've been in for 14 i got six Oh more wow
0: go. yeah you're almost done so i'm almost done yeah cool and then you can retire do you know what you want to do after
1: so uh, i've always um been into drawing and building things and um for years and years it's always been my dream to join disney as a oh. project manager wow um so that's what i really want to do so i'm finishing up my degree in project management right now and um Gonna take a couple more certifications, so that when I get close to retiring, I can just jump right into Disney.
0: Wow, that's so cool! That's such a unique career path. So you you were just in the Philippines for mm-hmm. work, um, and you found out that you were Filipino right before. Was it interesting to be in the Philippines, like knowing now that you're Filipino? You know, so
1: you know, a lot of people they said that I was Filipino, and I was oh. like, yeah, okay, cool. Um, But actually, this is actually my third time going to the Philippines. Okay. And uh, it's just, you know, landing every single time is good to, you know, go to your roots and Mm -hmm. kind of learn. So now I've learned from time to time a little bit of language. I'm still horrible at it sometimes, (laughs) but, you know, it's just good. And uh, my mom, she tries to teach me language, and I'm just like, okay. (laughs) She laughs at me, but.
0: Yeah. Um, It's a hard language to learn. Um, when you're here, because you were born here, do you feel when you're here like a connection to the, the islands or like the community?
1: Yeah, I mean, one of the biggest things is um, I don't like sitting next to the water. So mm. that kind of sucks, you know, just being on the island. But and if I'm going through something or I just need to get away, I can just go to the water. And uh, I'm always driving by my elementary school, pro elementary by the uh, NEX all the time. Mm-hmm. And I just laugh. Got a lot of history over there as a child. Mm. (laughs) Um, But, you know, it's just good. And I know the thought of having family and being able to go see them on the weekends or even just talk to them, you know, it's just good.
0: Mm, Nice. Um, What are some, like, what are some things that you've learned from both sets of your parents now that you know all of them that you want to, because you have kids, that you Mm want to pass along to your own kids.
1: Um so biggest biggest thing is, you know, like I said earlier, we all go through things. Um and that you know, family family is always there for you no matter what. You know, when I met my biological mom, her name is Alma. Mm. Um you know, all she could do is just smile and that smile just like made me smile even bigger and you know, even after reading The documents and everything that she's been through she's been clean for a long time now which is really good so one of the biggest thing takeaways from that is that you know no matter what you go through it's always a positive end on that the same thing for my dad you know he he was heavy on drugs for a long time and he's been clean for i think almost two years now if i remember right and uh you know again Negativity, you can always overcome a positivity with help and, you know, family. And, you know, just like in Hawaii, you know, the Ohana, you know, means family. So it's good to have that support. And just, you know, if you're going through stuff, just talk, talk it out. And um, there's always resources out there to help. And um, just build relations as you go. You know, my adopted parents, they build that relationship with me. Despite of what I went through, they took me in. And uh, show me the love and care, you know, just like their, my, I was their own kid. Mm. And, um, you know, just live day, just live uh, life day to day.
0: Nice. I love that. Do you have like um, like a message or any words of wisdom that you would want to give to other adoptees who are maybe going through the reunion process
1: um so biggest thing is just be consistent like you know if you want to know hey go out and research you know it's crazy because uh i see on the internet internet scares sometimes but <laughs> they do spit out the truth so there's like two addresses that i looked up and went to and actually to come to find out those were really their homes i didn't really believe it at first because you know knocking on the door and not getting an answers like all right there's no one here mm. but um after driving around for a little bit and then when my mom came into town uh we actually went to one of the addresses and they actually lived there and um we actually had some family currently living in there they were just at work when I came by but you know just be consistent you know take your time um it's gonna be full of emotions but you know just enjoy the moment um and just take one day at a time and uh we never know who you're gonna meet because I've met I don't know, countless cousins and things of that nature. So, you know, just enjoy the moment.
0: Cool. What do you, what do you call your bio- do you call both your mom's mom?
1: hmm
0: Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. It's not confusing or no, anything. No. Nice. Um, have your moms haven't met yet, have they? No, they no? haven't. No. Do you think mm-hmm. they would be interested in
1: well yeah. yeah. Uh, my uh my mom, how well? She does want to meet my mom and, you know, my dad and really thank them, uh, for, you know, everything that done. Mm-hmm. And uh, she's just like super excited. She's like oh, a couple of months ago. She was like, yeah, I just want to go down to Florida and go to Memphis and just, you know, hug him and say thank you and everything. Mm-hmm. So, you know, she's taking a good headway on it. So.
0: Cool. Great. Um, So my last question is. um. Do you have so ask everybody that I interview this question? But is there ever been any movies that you've watched or TV shows or books that you've read that you feel you resonate with as an adopted person or even just as a person?
1: Uh, well, I haven't like read read a book in a <laughs> long time, but uh, I remember when I was young, um, I would always get the uh, chicken chicken soup for the soul. I oh yeah. And uh, there's a lot of, you know, there's quite a few stories about adoptees and Mm. people going through foster care and this, you know, a lot of life lessons in those books. And uh, I would say, you know, those series of books are really good. Yeah. uh, Just to give like encouragement or, you know, just read about other people's lives and, you know, maybe use some of it, maybe not, but, you know, that's what I would say. Nice. That stuck with me.
0: Yeah. I used to read Chicken Soup for the Soul with my mom and then I made her stop because it was they were, like, everything was so sad, and I was like, I can't be crying before I go to bed.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: <laughs> well, thank you so much. I really appreciate it, and it's. I mean, we haven't talked since you found your family, so it, I was really excited to like hear your story for myself. But mm-hmm. um, I'm also really excited to share your experience with other people because um, I think it's so important to share adoptee experiences because they're so. Everyone's is so different. Like Mm -hmm. some people meet their families, they have a horrible experience or some people never find them or some people are not interested in finding their families. So um, I'm so glad that you've had such a positive experience and that you now just have so many more people in your life who you can, you know, call family. And um, that's so great. So thank you so much. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening to today's episode. Please remember to subscribe and leave a rating or review. Follow our socials at A Family Tree High. And if you have any feedback or know someone that should be featured on our podcast, please head to our website, afamilytree.org, and fill out the form on our podcast page. If you'd like to make a donation to our organization, you can do so on our website as well.